Hey everybody, welcome to the Active Churches Podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message from one of our teaching pastors here at Active Churches. We are online and we are also in person. So we'd love to have you gather with us 9 a.m. and 1045 here at our Ukaipa location or online on YouTube or Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into our message.
have you ever heard the statement, your direction, not your good intentions, determine your destination? It's this idea that your good thoughts and your good feelings really don't get you anywhere good. It's actually your decisions that determine the outcome of your life. I think sometimes in our life, we underestimate our decision-making and we overestimate our feelings and our intentions and our thoughts. I wanna talk about that today because I wanna talk about your relational direction. In fact, I wanna talk about how you can break the relational habits that are breaking you. If you're watching or listening for the first time, we're in the middle of the series called Love, Dates, and Heartbreaks. And my name is Mike and I serve as the lead pastor here at Active. And this series has been powerful for all of us. And we've been talking about how to become the person worth looking for or become the person worth staying for. Instead of looking for somebody, we've decided to become somebody worth looking for and staying for. And today I wanna to talk about how we can learn from our past relationships and not bring in the unhealth from those relationships into our new relationships or to not continue in the unhealth of our current relationship and actually tell a better story. Have you ever been in a relationship where you thought, man, it's starting to feel like it did before? That's a scary moment, right? And in those moments, you're not sure what to do. But the thing that you are sure of is that we need change. We need something new. Here's what I've learned about myself and about those that I love. We learn from our mistakes in areas that matter the least. Like maybe you can't have a cup of coffee after 5 p.m. at night because you won't sleep, right? That's me. I can't have a chai after 5 p.m. or I'm up all night. I've learned that I can't do that, but it's not really an area of my life that impacts my purpose or my passion, right? It does impact my sleep, but it's a small thing. And I've learned in that area, but it doesn't matter much. It matters least, right? The thing I've learned about myself and about those that I love is that we repeat our mistakes in the areas that matter most. Like we'll carry that pride or that ego or that arrogance or that addiction into our new relationship, or we'll keep it and for some reason, we don't deal with it. And here's what I've really noticed, that the reason why we don't deal with it is because we have these unexamined assumptions in our stories. Things that we're aware of, but we don't talk about. Things that we acknowledge, but don't address. These things actually are a detriment to our relationships or our future relationships. These unexamined assumptions keep us from real, tangible change. They keep us from telling better relational stories. So I wanna give you three unexamined assumptions that we actually bring into our relationships that we're unwilling to face, but maybe we know that they're there, all right? So the first unexamined assumption I wanna talk about is the experience assumption. It's this belief that experience will make me wiser, that I'm gonna learn from my mistakes. But here's, here's the truth you most likely won't because we can learn something, but it doesn't mean that we're going to apply it in the next moment or in the next friendship, or in this case, the next relationship. The reality is, is that experience doesn't make you better. Experience just makes you older <laughs> and it doesn't guarantee that the next time will be better. But you know what does? Evaluated experience. 
because evaluated experience is what makes us better. We've actually taken what it is that we've learned or experienced, and we've done the due diligence of examining it, of evaluating it. Like, why did I end up here? Why did this relationship fall apart? Or why did this relationship move in a healthy and holy direction? I found that in relationships, we often don't look inward. We often will only look outward. We'll blame the other person for why the relationship isn't healthy and holy. Well, of course it didn't work because they're an idiot, right? You're not the idiot. They're the idiot. But experience actually doesn't make us wiser. Evaluated experience does. And it actually makes you better and it'll make you more healthy. And when you trust in Jesus, it'll make you more holy. The second unexamined assumption we have in relationships is the no better assumption. Like, since I know better, I'm gonna do better. We think if we know the difference between right and wrong, we're automatically going to do the right thing. But I think all of us would look at each of us and look at our kids and look at the culture around us and go, no, that's not always the case. You know what happens when we hold this assumption, like if I know better, I'll do better. When you get confronted with anything in your story, you'll immediately respond with these words. I know, I know I'm not doing well. I know I'm aware of that. And you know what I know is communicating to the person bringing that information to you? I know, and I'm not going to do anything about it. Or I know, and maybe one day I'll actually take this very serious. The truth is, is that just because you know better doesn't mean you're going to do better. And then the third assumption, it's the reason why we don't have change and something new in our relationships is the time assumption. See, we believe that time is against me. Maybe you've heard somebody, or maybe you've said, you know, I'm not getting any younger. And so that's why I've done this. That's why I got into this relationship or all my friends are able to have great relationships. How come I'm not? So I'm going to rush into this relationship or I'm going to rush this relationship forward. The most difficult thing that I have found in being somebody who's a part of the church, being a pastor in the church, being in ministry, the most difficult thing that I have found is that it's, t it's tough to convince people that time is their friend. But time, my friend, is your friend. Because when unhealthy habits rise up in you, or when you leave a relationship that was unhealthy, you need a break. And you need a break so that you can gain balance and clarity and take time to evaluate your experience, to work on you. And when you do, it will help you hear and see and own things that perhaps you can't hear or see or own right now. Time helps you to see your contribution to the problem. You ever heard the phrase, time heals all wounds? There's some truth to that. Because when time actually allows you to evaluate, when time separates you from the relationship that you were in, you're able to see that maybe they weren't the idiot or they weren't the only idiot. Maybe you had something to do with the brokenness and the unhealth in the relationship. These assumptions are the reasons why we don't change. These assumptions are the reason why we don't tell better stories in relationships. Which is why today I want to talk about how we can break those assumptions. Ultimately, I want to talk about how we can break the relationship habits that are breaking us. And I want to give you one decision that you can make. I didn't come up with this. It's in the scriptures. But one decision that you can make that will allow you to face what is happening inside of you 
and allow you to step into a better relationship because you're going to choose to become someone worth looking for or become someone worth staying for. This decision was written by a man named Paul who, when he first meets Jesus, he's a Pharisee, he's a religious leader, and he has all the right beliefs, but he wasn't living right. And then Jesus changes his heart. And he takes the message of Jesus to a very non-religious culture. People like who were Gentiles and pagans and idol worshipers, and they were owning slaves, people who believed that might makes right. Jesus and his message completely changed this culture, and it completely changed Paul. And he wanted to take this hopeful message, this helpful message to all of these people because it would change their relationships with each other. It helped them to reshape their world, their relational world. It helped them to embrace a new kind of relationship. And what, what he says is powerful. And it's found in the letter called Romans in the Bible. And so if you have a Bible or if you have the Bible app, would you turn to Romans chapter 12? We're going to read verse 1 in verse two out loud, and the verses will be on the screen for you. And then I wanna take it one step at a time, one idea at a time so that we can understand what Paul is inviting us to do so that we can break those relational habits that are breaking us. So let's read it first together and then we'll walk it through. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse one says this, therefore in light of what we've just talked about, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Maybe you've heard this before. Maybe it sounds a bit familiar. And that's okay, because it's really good information. If it's new to you, I think that you're going to learn something that's powerful for you and for those that you're in a relationship with, specifically for the one that you are in a romantic relationship with, whether you're dating or you're engaged or you're married. So let's take it one step at a time. The first thing that he says to us is this, Therefore I urge you, my brothers and sisters, in view of the mercy of God, he says, therefore, in light of everything that we've talked about, let's break those relational habits that are breaking us. In light of what God has accomplished for us, I urge you. The word urge is an excitement. It's a stirring you up. It's a, you gotta do this because this is the best way forward. The word urge is a great word when we don't wanna change. He understands that there will be some resistance to this. And his urging is to take a healthy and holy step in God's direction and in God's way in light of what God has accomplished for us. That's why he says, in view of God's mercy, in light of everything that God has done and given you everything that you don't deserve, I want to invite you, in view of his mercy, the death of Jesus on the cross, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of Jesus from the grave, and the freedom that it brings, in light of all of that, I want to invite you to do something powerful. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. He uses something that all of these first readers would fully understand. They would see sacrifices all the time in the temple as they would sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. They would bring what was valuable to them 
and they would hand it to the priest and it would be laid on an altar and then it would be set on fire and they would watch it evaporate. They would watch it burn up and then the priest would announce the forgiveness of God over their family. They would receive forgiveness when they brought something valuable and offered it to God. And what Paul is saying here is that I want you to offer something that's valuable to you, not so that it can disappear or be dead. I want to ask you to offer yourself your body as a living sacrifice because your body and my body is the most valuable thing we own. This is the most valuable thing that I have because this is what gives me life. And when it's healthy and when it's holy, I get to live life without any sort of hindrance. I get to live life, the life that Jesus has brought me, he calls the Zoe kind of life, the life of abundance. And when it's not healthy and not holy, then I go to the doctor to try to get healthy. And I go to the God to try to get holy because your body and my body is the most valuable thing that we have. Later on in a letter called 1 Corinthians, Paul actually says that your body and my body, when we trust in Jesus, is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, God in spirit, and he dwells in us. Like it's God's home. Like this building that I'm in where the church meets is where the church meets. But the reason why this isn't the church is because you and I are the church because God lives in us. And Paul says, it's the most valuable thing that you own. And I want to invite you to entrust that that valuable thing to God. And then he says, this is your true and proper worship. This is what is most plausible. This is what is most logical. This is what is most thoughtful. This is what is most reasonable in light of what God has done for you. The most logical response is to say, God, here's what's most valuable to me because you gave your son what is most valuable to you. Here's what is most valuable to me. Me, my body, it belongs to you and it matters to you. I'm offering that to you. And then he invites us to consider something that, man, is a game changer. He says in verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. His invitation is this, if you don't want a relationship like the majority, then quit doing what the majority is doing. Now, maybe you've heard this before. Don't conform, but be transformed. Maybe you're a church person and you've heard this. And so you're a bit numb to this, or maybe you're not a church person, but you've heard this before and you're not really sure what it means because it sounds a bit churchy and a bit religious. So what I want to do is I want to invite you to not just read it. I want you to see it. And so I want to show you two things. And, and mind you, I'm going to need your grace because this is a bit cheesy. All right. I'm going to top the cheese meter with this example, but there's power in this example. All right. So when Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, what he's saying is this. Don't be like this guy. This is a gingerbread man. And we use a smaller version of this guy to make cookies around Christmas time, don't we? And what you do is you take that cookie cutter and you put it in the dough and you create a gingerbread mold and then you put it down on a, on a pan and you put it in the oven and it cooks. And when you pull it back out, what you have is gingerbread cookies and they all look the same and they all taste the same and there's nothing unique about them. This is what Paul wants us to see when he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. 
See, what we do is we learn from our family, our friends, and from culture about how relationships work. It doesn't matter if it's healthy or holy or not. We take their lead. We see it, we experience it, and we learn from them. And we say, well, if that's what they do, I'm going to do. And we're like this gingerbread man. We get on the assembly line of relationship and everything looks the same. And here's how I know that we do this. Because we say things like, all guys are the same. Or all women are like this. Because what we're doing is we're conforming to the pattern of the relational world that we see in our families, in our friendships, and around our culture. And we know that it's not healthy. And we know that it's not holy. And here's how I know that we know this. You ready for this? This is just, this is just me talking to you right now, all right? Just Mike to you, friend to friend. Here's how I know that we know that conforming is actually not the best way forward. Have you ever noticed that our relational world, dating, engaged, married, is always connected to the bar scene, to alcohol? And this is not a judgment on the bar scene or on those who drink responsibly, so please don't hear me say that. But have you ever noticed that our relational world is always connected to the bar scene and to alcohol? Here's why I believe it is connected. Because we're making choices to conform to what we've been taught, what we've seen, and what we've experienced. And we know it's not the best way forward, but we don't know of another way forward. And so what we do is we need a little bit of liquid courage so that we will move forward because we want to be in relationship. Are you with me? I think often we know that we're not doing the best and holiest thing. We're not telling a better story, but we don't know what to do next. And so we need a little bit of liquid courage so that we'll move forward, even though we know it's not good. What do we do? Well, luckily for us, Paul actually says, here's what you do. Instead of conforming, be transformed. Be like this guy, all right? This is a transformer. And a transformer is somebody that has a sober mind. A transformer is somebody that has a sound mind. A transformer is intentional about the choices that they're making. They don't allow their good intentions to be the reason why they're moving forward. They make good decisions in relationship to move forward because they know that your good intentions don't lead you anywhere. They know that your direction does. And the outcomes of a life that's been transformed is an outcome that actually surrenders and is obedient to the way of Jesus. Do not conform to the pattern of this relational world that you see, but be transformed. And then here's how you are transformed. And this is the thing that I want you to hang on to. This is the decision that changes everything. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is not about a prayer, it's not about a commitment, and it's not about a promise. This is about being reprogrammed. This is about relearning relationships. Sure, mom and dad might have set a great example for you, but for a lot of us, we may not have had a great example. Sure, you might have some friends that have healthy, holy relationships, but for a lot of us, we don't. And when we look at our culture, what our culture lets us know about relationships actually isn't healthy or holy. And that's why we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And here's how you renew. Here's how you reprogram. You acknowledge what needs to go and you acknowledge what needs to actually be in your heart. You acknowledge what is old 
so that you can bring in something new. And here's what happens when you get rid of old and then you actually bring in something new. You start to transform. You start to step into the new. You start to tell a better story. This is why we love Jesus. This is why we surrender to Jesus. This is why we follow Jesus because he does this work within us. And we see how he loved those around him so that we can love those that we've fallen in love with. And the truth is, is that if you do this too fast, you don't believe that time is your friend, what you'll find is that the new won't stay very long and the old will rise back up. Have you ever tried to paint something that maybe is peeled or rusted? If you just put a coat of paint on that peeling or that rust, you know what happens eventually is it starts to chip off again, doesn't it? It's because you never actually got rid of the old so that you can replace it with the new. This is why time is so essential for you to evaluate what's happening inside of you, to evaluate your experiences, to take time to listen to the word of God and take time to listen to the people of God so that you don't find yourself in those same relationship habits that are breaking you and breaking them. This is what it looks like for you and I to tell a better story in relationship. So I have a question for you. Something I want you to ponder. And here it is. What old needs to go? What in you needs to get out of you? What do you need to say to God and acknowledge is inside of you so that you can become the person worth looking for or the person worth staying for? The reality is, is that you can admit and confess and share anything with God because he is a God who brings salvation and forgiveness and freedom. Like what would happen if you began to say and pray this to God? God, I'm yours. And this relationship is yours. God, I belong to you. And this relationship belongs to you. Renewal takes time. And I think often we want to rush past all of the moments of renewal and getting rid of the old because we don't like it and it's why we don't change. But listen, when you invite God to be the king of your heart, give him time to work in your heart. When you invite God to be the king of your heart, give him time to do a great work in your heart. It's those moments where you listen to the word of God, you read it, you come to church and you learn about the way of Jesus. It's those moments where you surrender after you listen to the way of Jesus and you trust in his way over your way. This is what it looks like to not conform, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he's not done. He actually gives us an incentive as to why we should do this. He says this, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Even non-religious people wanna know what God wants from them. It may not come out in language like, I wanna know what God wants from me. It may come out this way. I wanna know my purpose. I wanna know why I'm here. What's my passion? What are my desires? What are my goals? What's my life about? All of us wanna know that. Well, you can find out that when you choose to not conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, you will be able to determine and discern what it is that God wants to do in you and around you. You'll be able to see it and understand it because a renewed mind is able to make sense of God's will. And listen, when you choose to see as God sees, you'll begin to do what God says. 
And what I love about Jesus is that he understands that we are far more inclined to do what makes sense rather than what we're told to do. Jesus wants us to see what it is that he's inviting us into. That's why the word of God is so important. The Bible, the scriptures are so important, especially the story, the true story of Jesus, because he wants us to see what it is that he has planned for us. You know, I've been at Active now for almost 20 years. And the first 13 years, I served with a good man named Don Hinkle. He was the lead pastor here for 20 years. And Don was a good man. And when I first was hired, we had some great conversations about faith and about life. And they were heady conversations, full, full of knowledge, very rooted in the word of God. And I would ask some really big questions and he would give me some really great answers. But there was this one time that I'll never forget where I asked a really big question and he gave me a powerful answer. He said, you know, Michael, I don't know. But what I do know is when we stand face to face with Jesus in heaven, I think we'll know. And what I believe is that we'll all have dents in our foreheads. And I said, dents in our foreheads, what do you mean? And he said, I think we're gonna walk around heaven going, oh, of course, hitting ourselves in the forehead. Oh, that makes sense, right? And what Paul is writing here is that when you choose to not conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, you will be able to discern what, what God is doing in you and through you now, not later, now, especially in this relationship. You'll be able to discern and determine what it means for you to become a person worth looking for and staying for. And it will allow you to let go of those unexamined assumptions. It'll allow you to let go of the things that are destroying you. It'll allow you to let go of those things that are breaking you. When you choose to renew your mind, you begin to let go of those terrible thoughts and assumptions like once I find the right person, everything will be right because that's not true at all. You'll be able to let go of that terrible assumption that my situation is unique. Typically, when we respond that way, what, what we're saying is, is that I'm not going to take your advice. The truth is, is that your situation isn't unique at all. You're unique, but your relational situation isn't unique. And it needs healing. It needs holiness. It needs Jesus. So it's time to let go of your pride and listen. When you choose to renew your mind, you're letting go of this idea that, well, it may not be right, but God wants me to be happy. The truth is, is that yes, God is concerned about your happiness. Jesus spoke about that. You wanna hear what he had to say? Jesus said this, blessed are those or happy are those who hunger and thirst for what is right, for righteousness. So yes, God wants you to be happy. And he says the happiest people on the planet are those who are pursuing what is right, those who are pursuing God. When you renew your mind, you begin to let go of that terrible assumption that sex and intimacy will solve it. The truth is, sex and intimacy will only complicate it. You wanna break those relational habits that are breaking you? Then listen to these words of Paul from Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. I wanna leave you with a couple of questions to help you begin to process 
that first step in not conforming but being transformed, that first step in renewing your mind, to reprogram what it is that you are doing so that you're not just adopting what you've seen and heard and have been taught, but that you are actually surrendering to the way of Jesus. I wanna leave you with some questions. Some might hit you hard, some might not be for you, but might be for somebody else. So let me lay these questions before you. The first one is this. Would you, in your relationship, would you be willing to forgive and reset? Would you be willing to forgive, let go, and reset? Can you start fresh by being honest with them and having an honest conversation about the status of this relationship? Would you be willing to not allow the past to continue to dictate the present? It doesn't mean that you forget it. It just means that you address it and then make really solid decisions, healthy, holy decisions moving forward. Would you be willing to let go, forgive, and reset? Would you be willing to, if you're not in a relationship, maybe you came out of an unhealthy relationship, whether it was dating, engagement, or you were married and you're going through a divorce, would you be willing to take a year off? Because time is your friend? Because you don't need to rush into the next relationship? Because if you do, what you'll find is you'll only replace who it is that you have broken up with or divorced. You'll only replace their face, but you will not replace the habits and the brokenness in that relationship. So would you be willing to take a year off and not date for a year so that you can work on you because time is your friend? Would you be willing to read the word of God, to pray to the God of the universe and surrender yourself to the way of God by listening to people who might think differently about this. That means that you actually have to be honest. Maybe perhaps jump into a connection group. Maybe perhaps talk to those that you're on a serve team with, or maybe show up and be honest at church with those that you've shown up with. Would you be willing to read and pray and surrender to the way of Jesus and listen to some other voices besides the voices that have only spoken to you in your life? And then the last question, would you be willing to talk to them, the one you're in a relationship with? Would you be willing to talk to them about all of this, keeping short accounts and letting them know that this isn't healthy, and this isn't holy, and I want health and I want wholeness. I want to become a person worth looking for. I want to become a person worth staying for. I want to break the relational habits that are breaking me, that are breaking us. Friend, this is how you begin to transform, reprogram, reset, and step into what is godly, what is good, and the better story that God is writing for you and the future person that you're going to be in relationship with or writing for you and the one that you're in relationship with right now. Would you be willing to not conform, but to be transformed? by the renewing of your mind. This is how you become the person worth looking for and staying for. May I pray for you? Heavenly Father, as we consider these questions, remind us that we are not alone. Remind us that you go with us. Remind us that you are present in us. As we consider what it means for us to not conform, but to be transformed. I pray that we would recognize the unhealth in us and take the appropriate steps to work it through. That we would acknowledge that time is our friend, that evaluated experience is what helps us to become better. God, I pray 
that we would be people that would be worth looking for, we would be people worth staying for. That we would be people who trust and surrender our lives to Jesus so that we can tell better stories in life and in our relational life. How would you forgive us for the way that we've messed it up, for the sin that exists that we were unwilling to face? I pray that we would face it starting today. And I pray that you would help us to live differently, live in repentance so that we can honor you and honor the one that you have brought to us. In Jesus' name, and together we say, amen and amen and amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you were inspired. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. Hey, I want to ask you to do two things. First thing, hit that subscribe button to stay connected to the Active Churches podcast. The second thing I want to invite you to do is go onto your social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook, and go to at Active Churches. Stay connected to the community because together we can tell a better story.